This is the Physical Activity Researcher Podcast, a podcast for researchers of sedentary behavior, physical activity, and sports. Join for a relaxed dialogue about research design, practicalities, and, well, anything related to research. Learn from your fellow researchers useful and relevant information that does not fit into formal content and limited space of scientific publications. And here is your host, researcher and entrepreneur, Ollie Tikkanen. Welcome, everyone. Today, we are joined by a truly special guest, hailing from the vibrant country of Guatemala, a serial entrepreneur who's consistently innovating in the tech space. He is the co-founder of WakeOut, an app designed to help people to be more active and which was recognized Apple's as their iPhone app of the year. He's also at the helm of Meta, an initiative that recognizing the corporate health and wellness industry across Latin America. And he has graduated from Texas Christian University with a degree in advertising and public relations. Ladies and gentlemen, please give a warm welcome to Pedro Alejandro Wunderlich. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you so much for this invitation. Really happy to be here and share everything that I've learned with your audience. Yeah, perfect. Pedro was telling that he has been listening the podcast and the people who don't see the video, he has a really nice bright yellow background. I like <laughs> it. So I gave a quick introduction. Maybe you can add something and tell something about yourself, whatever you want. Yeah, sure. One of the essential parts for me of being a serial entrepreneur and having the fuel, as you can say, the energy to do what we do every day has been physical activity. Mm. That's been a staple of mine ever since I started in, in entrepreneurship about 14, 15 years ago, launching websites. Then I started launching apps. And through my journey, physical activity was always core part of my performance and being energetic, being high energy, being able to deliver, being able to be a good leader. Recently, and about six or seven years ago, I had a startup. It had about 29 investors and there was a lot of pressure to perform. I suffered chronic stress and a deep depression because it was just so much pressure to perform, so much pressure to grow the company at an incredible pace. And I got to say that being physically active all day, all the time, and I'll explain that later. It's not like I'm lifting weights all day, but I am physically active all day. That probably saved my life. And so physical activity is so important to me than what happened was the startup that came right after was Wake Out, a startup where it's a truly passion of mine of moving and the power of movement and how we can make this at scale and how I can help others discover this power because it is for me, the source of a limited energy. That's why it's so important to me. That's why your podcast is so important to me and why people doing this sort of thing is essential because we need. Like I say, Oli, we're in a sedentary crisis like never before, and we need to push back. And everybody that's pushing back on this crisis is an ally, and I see it as essential. So, yeah, that's really how I ended up in Wake Out and how is this is the project of my life right now. Yeah, sounds great. And how did you go into app development? You said that you were creating web pages and then you went to app development. 
and maybe what kind of challenges you have faced developing apps, what has been the difficult parts? So I was always attracted to technology versus a physical product or a brick and mortar store because technology has the power of distribution, of large scale, a big audience. And I love a big audience. I love a pro- launching a product and being able to serve 100 countries overnight. That's the sort of products that we love, consumer, just mass consumer products. And so that's why I was always attracted to technology and its power to impact lives well beyond the borders of my country. The first websites that I started launching, I was a very young boy and I had readers from Europe. I had readers in America. I had readers in South America. I had readers in Asia. And I was a young boy with a blog, essentially. I didn't know how to code. I didn't know how to build websites at the time. But with this little blog, I had readers from all around the world. And that to me was mind blowing. And I said, if I will ever build a product, it has to be digital. Then the era of websites came. I started building my own websites. I started selling the service of developing websites. This was also really fun. Then the iPhone came along. And the iPhone with the App Store revolutionized everything because now it meant that people could have my products in their pocket at all times. So I knew immediately, as soon as the App Store was opened for developers, I knew I needed to develop an app for that. One thing that you will notice a pattern in my apps is that they are always very physical. There's always a physical element in my apps and there was always a humor element in my apps. And so I started launching products that were humorous, had an element of controversy in them, which allowed them to really spread quickly. And so that's how it went. Now to answer your question more specifically on the challenges and the process of building an app like this, the first ever app that we built was me and my co-founder Andres Kanev, who still, this was about 14, 15 years ago. He's still my co-founder. We built many products together. We built Wakeout together. The first app we built took us a month. It was an alarm clock that the only way to shut it off was to shake the iPhone like your life depended on it. That was our first product. And the idea was that physical movement was the fastest way to wake up. There is even new research to back that up. And so it worked. It was, it went viral. It was our first product. We ended up in all media platforms, including CN, demonstrating the iPhones, just shaking the iPhone on live TV in front of millions of people. That was really exciting. So the process was always starting with a clever idea, something that could automatically catch people's attention. That was, that's always been essential in app development for me is the app has to carry the marketing is embedded in the app, in the idea Mm. itself. That's essential because the app then sells itself. So there has to be a clever idea there. There has to be a fun idea. This is of course my formula. Every serial entrepreneur has their own formula. This is my formula. It has to have something controversial, something clever, even something funny. That's in the case of wake out which we'll talk about later. And then it's just the development process, which is it, it, that, that itself is very challenging because solving a problem, say your app has to solve a problem, of course, but solving a problem is just the beginning. You have to be a great experience as well. 
and a great experience that is repeatable, like going to your favorite restaurant. You want to order, you have this, the favorite dish and you want that favorite dish to be exactly the same every time. And that's like the way you want an app. You want an app to be a great experience and you want it to be a great experience every time. And you want it to be dependable and repeatable. And so that's the challenging part. And that actually doesn't happen at the beginning. That takes years to master. And that's what, for example, we've been working on Wakeout for six years. And to this day, we continue to perfect that main dish. As I was saying, we want it to be repeatable and fantastic every time. That takes time. This podcast is sponsored by Fibian, a research device that has been shown to be valid in tracking sitting, standing, physical activity, and energy expenditure. Furthermore, Fibian has been shown to be valid categorizing physical activity into light, moderate, and vigorous intensity. In addition to scientific accuracy, Fibian provides automatically produced and easy-to-understand reports for research participants. Get scientific validation and learn more about Fibian at fibian.com research. Fibian, from researchers to researchers. Yeah, so, sounds great. And maybe I didn't say in the intro, we are also going to discuss about app development. The researchers sometimes are developing apps for behavior change interventions and or they are collaborating with someone. Mm. So we will be discussing the app development and try to yeah. learn something from the expert. But if I go a little bit back, what was your first blog about? What did you write, write about? So I am also a comedy writer. I like to write satire. And so my first blog was called Nooks and Candy. It was this domain I used to own under Blogspot. It used to be a blog of blogs. And so I started a blog called Nooks and Candy. And it was all just observational humor with a comic drawing. Because that was another thing that I like to do is just draw comics. And so I would draw a comic and then write a funny, silly story I would write about the extremes of human behavior. This was me at 16 years old, but I just, I've been enamorated with comedy writing all my life. And so that was the blog. That was, well, it was completely about just irreverent humor. Yeah. So that sounds really interesting. And this alarm clock that you need to shake, maybe mm -hmm. to give an idea about the development, how long does it take to develop something like that to get the first version and how much do you then use to make it better, the usability, how would you share the percentages between different stages of having first working one and then really making it wonderful, as you said, that you want it to be? So, of course, the idea is just a hypothesis, right? It just starts with a hypothesis. So, I would say that's day one. You come up with this idea, you polish it. Maybe there's some way to test it out. Of course, what I did, I had, I would just shake a two pound weight. When I woke up, I started shaking two pound weight and just testing the idea myself without an iPhone, without the app, the app didn't even exist, but I had to test it out. Then I asked a friend if he could test out the idea. I man, tomorrow when you wake up, can you grab this weight and just shake it for 10 seconds and then tell me how you feel. And so I tested this idea out with a few friends and then I thought, this is interesting. This is a good idea. I sought out research. There was a bit of research on moving quickly, getting out of bed and that all that research process took about a week. Yeah. Then I spoke to my friend, Andres Canea, the co-founder of many of my projects. And I pitched him the idea and he is another super idea man. He's super crazy, very creative. 
And he just said, he added a bit of detail. We explored the idea. We explored technology. We knew the iPhone had an accelerometer so it can detect movement. And so we just explored the technologies needed to get this going. That took about a few more days as well. So it was about two weeks between coming up with the idea and understanding everything we needed to make this happen. It's a very simple app. Of course, the version one was a super simple app and that is essential. Keep it extremely simple. You don't want to overinvest in a hypothesis. You don't want to overinvest in a simple idea because the idea is the tip of the iceberg. You will only understand what you're getting into months and years into the app development process. And so it took us about four weeks of development and testing to get it fully working in a about 80 or 90% reliable shape. When we launched it like that, it didn't matter to us. We just wanted to know if people had interest in this idea. Let's just start with that. We don't know that yet, right? You have a great idea. Your friends like it. Your co-founder likes it. But you don't know if the public in large will like it. So you're going to launch quickly. Don't overinvest. We launched it in four weeks. It worked most of the time. And what we realized was that just the idea was powerful enough. It was far enough to catch people's attention. It was powerful enough to catch the media's attention. And that's when we started receiving all the bug reports, the negative reviews, hey, the app doesn't work sometimes. And so we started working on the bugs. We started fixing the app, improving the app. And that's where the fun really begins. And so, yeah, that, those initial four weeks that took to develop the app is merely the tip of the iceberg. It's, it's like dipping your finger to taste the soup, but you know, it's very far off from what it will become. And so that's pretty much it in terms of this app specifically, because we've built other apps. For example, the one I mentioned in Colombia, that took six months to get a build out, but it was heavy technology. That was really heavy technology. It was instant messaging, communication with video. So it was extremely complex, but I must admit we over invested heavily. And so that it's a weird correlation because the apps that I launch quickly do well. And the apps that I invest insanely heavily before I launch them without that feedback from our customers, they tend to fail. And so that's just me. Maybe I, of course, I don't know a lot of things like many entrepreneurs. We're just, we're walking in the dark when it comes to app development. So the important thing is to prove your hypothesis very quickly. You start getting interesting feedback from customers, from users and the media. That's essential. Yeah, I can easily see that this the phrase fail fast. And it's yeah. a good point of getting the feedback fast. And maybe about the box, let's still stay in this alarm clock as it's simple. As a non-code, it would be easy to assume that there's no box because if it works, you, you shake it and it detects it, yeah. then it goes off and you have an alarm clock, which in Android or iPhone works basically 99.99% of the time. Could you, could you explain for novices a little bit, where do the bugs come from? What's the reason behind that? And if there's researchers listening and they are thinking about app development, that they understand yeah. the process and the difficulty and the challenges. Yeah, Oli, that's a great question. The it's okay. Let's first and foremost, your ideas will be 
completely dismembered by users. So one or two people that test out an app will test it in a very predictable pattern, especially if they're in front of you. They'll touch the right things and they'll use it in the right order. But a thousand people or 10,000 people will inevitably break whatever you think you did right because they'll sometimes they'll have different iPhone settings. Maybe they will, won't have internet when they need to have internet. They'll have a super old iPhone. Maybe their iPhone fell down the stairs and it's all, all, only performing at 50% of its capacity. Some customers will use it at an extreme. So we had that situation where some customers loved to shake their iPhone so much that the iPhone started to fail. And so you start getting extreme and unpredictable cases that inevitably needs a patch, a bug fix. This is just how it works. People are so unpredictable at scale that there will be, so of course there are different kinds of bugs. There are bugs that completely break and make your app completely unusable. Those are hard, easier, I would say, excuse me. Those are easier to spot, of course, because you tend to spot them before you launch, but then there's the bugs that creep in through the extremes and those are nearly impossible to predict. So that's what happens. The second thing that happens is that ecosystems evolve, technology evolves. So for example, we have, we're about to see iOS 14 coming out. When we launched our first app, I believe it was iOS 5. And then iOS 6 comes and they update all the technology. So they might update the, how the app communicates with the accelerometer. They might update how the app communicates with push notifications or local notifications, which was in the case of an alarm clock, the most important feature you had to wake the iPhone. So it needed to notify people, Hey, it's time to wake up. Hey, it's time to shake the iPhone. So that was extremely important. And so. These things start coming at you. The world changes around the app. And that's why things start creeping in that you cannot have, you're not privy to, right? And so that's what happens. That's what happens. Everything starts changing around you. And what else? The final thing is your users start teaching you of how they want to use the app. So at first for us was an alarm clock. You shake it before, when you wake up. And then you never touch the app until the next day. We started seeing people that told us, Hey, I shake the app when I take a nap or Hey, I want to take the app just because I feel tired in the middle of the day or Hey, I like to shake the app as a joke for a friend. I'll say stuff like this starts happening and you listen to your users, you listen to your customers, and then you want to implement some of those use cases. And when you do that. You tend to break things. You tend to change things. That's what happens. The final thing only just to, because this is, if some of your listeners have never experienced building technology before, you will realize that most of it is a black box. We don't know what the computer is doing. So your code is built on top of code, on top of code, on top of code, on top of technology that came from the 1970s. And so when that code when the computer runs the code, millions, literally millions of things happen that we don't understand, that we're not capable of understanding, and that they might break in unpredictable ways. And so those are the bugs that keep developers up at night. Those are the bugs that give us nightmares because they happen. Sometimes it takes 
days or even weeks to fix these things. Because again, it's a black box. We don't know where it comes from. So that's the fun part. And that's where you really need to stay energized, stay healthy, keep moving, do your exercises, drink your coffee, stay hydrated, because those things are going to drive you nuts. <laughs> just yeah. to just for your listeners to know what they're getting into. Yeah. So do I hear correctly that your advice is maybe to collaborate with someone who has actually a lot of experience developing app rather than starting to do something yourself with maybe some researchers who can code a bit? Yeah. This day and age, there's two ways of thinking. Some people say development is getting easier. There is new platforms that offer this promise of even no code. So you can build your app without code. And this is, of course, very possible. But all these solutions, even where you build it yourself, you learn to code and then you build it yourself, is guaranteed to make you also have to, and most of your time is going to be spent bug fixing and tweaking and polishing and making sure the experience works well on a small screen, on a big screen, on a different device as well. So yeah, if you can partner up with somebody with a lot of experience, you will certainly have a better time just focusing on the idea. I'm sure you're, uh, the re researchers in general, they, I think they should focus. They could spend most of their time in data consumption, data analytics, thinking about their experiments, tweaking their experiments, making their experiments more robust, finding more subjects, that sort of thing is essential. So if you want to also build an app, that's going to consume most of your day. And so that's where the tricky part is. And yeah, I would certainly advise to either hire an agency, hire a freelancer, that for sure. Many people in academia are extremely talented, very smart. I'm sure they could learn to code, but if they want to do that has to be a passion as well. And so that's the only way I would advise it is, are you willing to spend the next year, two years, three years also dedicating a large amount of your time learning to code? Of course, it's going to be a very valuable experience, but then again, your skills are valuable elsewhere as well. So it's a tricky thing that they have yeah. to decide for themselves. Yeah. yeah. And of course, it's not always needed to start from the scratch. There's different platforms where you can maybe modify a bit and it fits like many times researchers want to do questionnaires in the app, maybe reminders, and maybe you can find a platform and just get small tweaks to it. Thanks for joining us this week on Physical Activity Researcher Podcast. If you like the show, make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing or following the show on Twitter. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. If you found value in the show, we would really appreciate a rating on Apple Podcasts or whichever app you use. Or if you would, in a real old school way, simply tell a friend about the show. It would be a great help for us. We have a fantastic lineup of guests for forthcoming episodes, so be sure to tune in. Thank you all for your support and have a great day.